action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please reach out and contact us. There are two easy ways to do that. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us. Use the Twitter handle at sfdiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the hashtag ignition. Um, I have a whole series these days of guest co-hosts, and some of them are are long-standing guest co-hosts, and and I have one of those today. This is Renee Leach sitting. Oh boy, this is Renee Leach. You're Renee Leach sitting across the table from me. <laughs> I'm Chris Bergwald. This I am, is Chris Bergwald. I'm Renee, Renee Leach. Yeah, you you can't take my name today. <laughs> I won't. It's mine. Uh, just in case somebody has not uh, had the pleasure of hearing you on Ignition before, Renee, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am just an average person who happens to work for the Chancery. Um, I've been employed here for about 10 years. Um, I am the person that Chris um, calls when he's struggling for... <laughs> <laughs> when I'm struggling, period, I call Renee. I'm struggling. I am married um, to my best friend. I have two beautiful children who are also married, and I have a granddaughter who's the light of my life, and um, I love talking about the Catholic faith. Amen. Uh, my name is Chris Bergwald. I get paid to talk about the Catholic faith. Because... I just do it because to anybody who will listen. <laughs> um Actually, you know, after I introduce myself, uh, let's talk about the word amateur for just a minute. Okay. Um, Renee's like, oh no, what's this going to be? Chris Bergwald, director of, I get paid to talk about the faith because I am the diocesan director of adult discipleship and evangelization for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, I have been married to Jermaine for 18 years and we have five kids. Um, no grandkids yet. <laughs> yeah, because you're pretty young. The, the, the Chris old... is is a little bit younger than I oh, am. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah, um... very good, smart man. <laughs> so, um, before we get into today's topic, uh, I, I want to talk about amateur. So somebody could say, "Well, I'm a professional uh, catechist, evangelist, theologian, whatever," but you're an amateur. But you know, and, and oftentimes. Uh, the way that's used to is implies that um, an amateur is um, not as good yes. or not as skilled or gifted or whatever. But do you know, Renee, where the word amateur comes from? I do not. Tell me. It comes it comes from Latin, as does do many of the English uh, words in our English language, but it means lover. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So an amateur is somebody who loves the thing. What do we call people who get paid to love, Renee? <laughs> what do we call them? What do we call them? A hooker. <laughs> well, I was going to use prostitute. <laughs> right. A prostitute. Prostitute. So you're a prostitute? So I, <laughs> but but there, there, um, oh boy. I, I remember the, 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 there's a movie starring Jim Caviezel, uh, not about Jesus Christ, <laughs> but about the, the, the uh, golfer, uh, I think Bobby Jones, I think was his name. But he was an amateur 
golfer, not because he was bad. He wasn't. He was an incredible golfer, but because he didn't think that he should get paid to golf because he golfed because he, he loved, loved it. it. Cool. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's better to be an amateur. Maybe it is better to be an amateur. I'm yeah. feeling better about yeah. this yeah. already. There you go. See? There See. you go. Thanks, Dr. Yep. B. You are welcome. So what we're going to be talking to uh, Renee, Renee was on recently, um, and we talked about the sacraments and, and the, the reality of what happens in the sacraments, that um, we have a real encounter with the living God. We become temples of the Holy Spirit, arcs of the new covenant, if you will. Uh, and, and today's episode is going to be along similar lines. We want to talk about... Um, what the Mass is, but even more how each of us uh, as Catholics um, are called, encouraged, invited to truly pray the Mass, um, to make the Mass part of my own personal prayer, just as much my personal prayer as whatever it is that I might do in the morning or the evening um, at my kitchen table. At my kitchen table, or at my bedside, or the living room, or the chapel. Where, in other words, wherever you do your daily prayer, uh, or whenever you pray, that's your personal prayer time. Well, our desire is that you would see the mass as your personal prayer time as well, even though there are other people around, right? Right. So, um, as a way into that, let's talk a little bit first about what the mass is. So, Renee, you've you've uh, in previous episodes of Ignition, you've mentioned um, that you're an adult convert. I am an adult convert. So uh, you you had to learn about things like the mass as an adult, as opposed to cradle Catholics who just sort of grow up around it, but maybe time, sometimes we don't really understand it um, right. intellectually as much as an adult convert does. So just your understand what, what is the mass? How would you explain what the mass is to somebody? Oh, see, this is where he does this drills me with these questions and I'm supposed to look really smart, but <laughs> I'm an amateur. Stop wasting time. This, I know what you're doing. Stop wasting, stop. Stop trying to dodge and evade. I know you can answer this question. Otherwise I wouldn't have asked it. Well, there's a, there, for me, there's a ton of ways you can go this, but it's the reliving of the Passover meal where Jesus is sacrificed to fulfill um, our part of the covenant that God made with Israelites of being our God and we being his people forever and it wasn't anything that we could accomplish on our own so the mass is the completion of the covenant yeah so the mass uh, every th- we read throughout the Old Testament about all these covenants that God's always establishing with with various individuals and then with his people Israel and Jesus came to fulfill the old covenant and establish the new covenant. And why does that matter, Dr. Bergwald? Oh, see, no, quit it. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. I'll come back to that in a moment, maybe. Um, it matters because God's will for us from before creation was that, that we would be his sons and daughters. And it is through the new covenant that that long from all eternity plan of God's becomes a reality Amen. Um, in the new covenant and through the rituals of the new covenant that we call the sacraments, we not only encounter the living God, but he makes us into his sons and daughters, beloved, sons. beloved sons and daughters, um, and heals and sanctifies us. Nice How's answer. You Thank passed you. that a little bit. Thank Chris. you. <laughs> so, and it's, so, so, the connection with the mass then well the mass is the sacrament of sacraments it's at the mat well through our baptism we become sons and daughters it's at the mass that we receive the son 
in our bodies, but through Holy Communion. But I think that sometimes even Catholics who who are, are pretty well versed in their faith, well formed in their faith, um, because this is this was me. Um, I, I I was neglecting another dimension of the Mass, which is that the Mass, before it's about Holy Communion, before it's about what I receive, it is first and foremost Jesus giving himself to his Father, father mm-hmm. our it's Father. It's the sacrifice. It's the sacrifice, the self-gift, the self-offering of Jesus from the, the Last Supper, as you were saying, through the crucifixion, through the resurrection, to the ascension, Jesus giving himself First and foremost, to his father. The father said of Jesus at, at his baptism in the Jordan by John the Baptist and at the transfiguration, this is my beloved son. So before you and I are beloved sons and daughters, first and foremost, Jesus Christ is the beloved son of our heavenly father. And Jesus in the mass. So is that we could become sons and daughters, sons and daughters. beloved sons and daughters. So in the mass, we are present at not a repeating of Jesus's gift of himself to the Father, but a representation, which is very biblical. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about this before, done presentations on it even, talking about how in the Old Testament, every time the Jews celebrated the Passover um, from the Exodus on, um, they believed that they weren't just remembering when God saved um, the the Israelites from Egypt, their ancestors. They believed that they were participating in the event. In the event of the Exodus, they were there. So similarly, for for you and I, when we are at Mass, we are participating in Jesus's offering of Himself to the Father. We are at the Last Supper. We are at the foot of the cross. We are at the empty tomb. We are transported through time back to that moment. It's, that's what's present before us so that we can participate in it, not just see it, not just observe it, not just be a spectator, but so that we can enter spiritually into the moment and participate in it. So we are not like, um, hopefully, we are not like the uh, Roman guards who are just standing around as this guy's dying on the cross. Like, I, I don't know who this guy is, but you know he's up there. Um, hopefully, we are more like Mary. Sitting at the or John the Apostle or Mary Magdalene at his feet, um, mourning certainly, but also participating in his offering of himself to the Father. Because that's what happens in the Mass. Jesus allows us to present ourselves to the Father in and through his gift of himself to the Father. Amen? Amen. So that's what happens at the Mass. We are, and That's even apart from the beauty and glory of what happens in Holy Communion when we receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, the living Jesus into us. And that's that. the importance of, it, it just bears noting that when we receive him, that's when in a covenantal relationship, that's when we say, that's when the bargain is sealed. Mm. That that's our yes to right. being beloved sons and daughters is when we re, we receive. Jesus has made the sacrifice, but that but we we have to partic- participate in it. There has to be an action on our part. Right. And when we receive the Eucharist, we say, "Amen." I believe. Welcome home. 
and I, and I'm participating uh, in 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 a complete way. So even if you don't, so I should say this too. Even if you can't receive communion for some, maybe maybe the fast or whatever it was, it, for, you don't receive communion. Um, you can still participate in the mass. But when you receive communion, it's completed in a way. Correct. Your participation is completed, completed. in a way. So throughout the Old Testament, we see there there was oftentimes a covenantal meal. So um, the the Passover meal, um, Moses at the at, at at Mount Sinai when he renews the covenant, the Mosaic covenant, there or when it's meal. established, there was a meal. All these times where there was a meal involved, um, and and that's that's what the mass is. It's the meal of the new covenant, the sacrificial meal of the new covenant. So that's the beauty of what happens at mass. And again, going back to to the point of this episode, um, we we. Our hope today is that that you might enter into the Mass in a way where you become aware that this is your own personal prayer, just as much as what you do on your own time when it's just you and God and the angels and saints. Um, that your participation in the Mass is not, I think, at least for me, Renee, so this is a getting to a question for you. For me, sometimes I've thought about them, when I think about my own personal prayer, mm-hmm. oddly, um, the Mass becomes secondary to what I do on my own with the Bible or in the chapel or whatever it is. Does that, do you, does that make sense in the sense? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying there? No. Okay. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. I don't know. Yeah. That, I guess for, uh, that, that's just, I, I've recognized that, that I, well, here's how I put it to, to a friend. Oh, here's a question for you then to just go on that. When you go to mass, do you count that as your daily prayer or I didn't. And that's that's exact so so I asked a friend once uh, this is I'm not talking about Sunday mass, I'm not daily mass. Um because it's a little bit Sunday mass is obligatory, daily mass isn't. Um if you could only so Renee and I both work um, at the diocesan offices here in Sioux Falls. We're right next door to the Cathedral of St. Joseph, for goodness sake. There's noon mass. We could op- we often can get to the new, we're, we're available to go to the new mass. Um, if I haven't prayed yet on a particular day and noon comes around, do I go to mass or do I go to the chapel for my personal prayer? And for a long time, my answer would have been, personal prayer because I have to make my own personal prayer time today and I haven't yet. So if I, if I can only do one or the other, there was a time when I thought I should go to the chapel. I can totally relate to that. Okay. Okay. See, I, I, okay. I get that. I get okay. that. So, but, but, but what I came to realize in the conversation, this conversation with a friend in particular, because she, she was a go to mass and I was struck by that. And reflecting, I realized that I was putting the mass and thinking of my personal prayer time. I was putting the mass in second place, which is really crazy when which you is think really about crazy. it. It is really crazy. But I think part of it, the reality, you know, when I'm praying on my own, if I'm really struck by uh, a passage of scripture, if it really speaks to me, and I want to sit with it, and meditate it, and so on. You know, when Father's proclaiming the gospel at mass, I, stop, Father, can you stop? <laughs> oh, hold on, I, I, I need to sit there. I, you know, there, there's a sense. Literally, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but there's a sense of of uh, control that I have in my personal prayer time that's not there at the mass. Mm-hmm. Now, there's probably something that's 
uh, that's probably a more profound um, insight than I realized that maybe I need to give it more control of my personal prayer time. But, <laughs> maybe you need to pray yeah, with that, Chris. <laughs> uh, maybe I do. Uh, but I think, but that's, I think that's how I thought about it for a long time. And so what I want to talk about um, is, is how we can really make the Mass first place when I'm thinking about my personal prayer time, not put it in second place. That's what we're talking about on this episode today of Ignition. Um, I am Dr. Chris Bergwald, and Renee Leach is my guest co-host today. If you've got questions about today's episode, you can reach up, you can contact us by emailing us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition. So Renee, I think one way that we can really, um, as I was reflecting on this conversation that I'd had with a friend, one way that I've realized I can make the mass really more my own personal prayer um, is just to, to strive by God's grace and the power of the spirit to pray every part of the mass intentionally and attentively. And that is much harder. It's very, that takes realize. a lot of self-discipline it where takes, you, you can't be distracted by yeah. the lady's hair style in front of you or the cute baby in the row behind you yeah. or the, you have to be whatever it is, or the problems of the day, or what I have to get done. Or you know, I have to tell you that there was a time where I thought it was really weird that when you walked into daily mass, people didn't sit side by side together at mm. daily mass. They, I, I don't. <clears throat> if you're a daily mass goer, you know what I'm talking about, where everybody kind of spreads out, and it's like well, it's kind of not very welcoming and not very friendly. But when you're trying to pray the mass purposefully, um, maybe the distance is them wanting to needing to have some space so that right. they can pray purposefully right right so I, so I think that's one way that we can pray um, the mass truly pray the mass make it our personal prayer by well that is what we have to do to make it our personal prayer attentively intentionally uh, purposefully pray every part of it and that even means the prayers that the priest is saying. So I don't mean just the, the, the congregation's responses or our part. We So the Eucharistic prayer is a perfect example. I don't say the Eucharistic prayer. The priest does. But I can participate in it by listening to what he's saying and entering into it. One of the things that I have found helpful is the Magnificat mm. because it has all of those right. um, parts in there. Yep. I'm a very visual person. I have to I have to see it to really comprehend it. And so that's that's a trick for me is to read along with the readings and as as they're proclaimed, being able to not only hear it but see it at the same time. Right. The prayers are all in there too. So using uh, maybe some sort of worship aid like yeah. a missalette, like a Magnificat mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I think also, this is where I want to focus uh, the time we have left in this episode, uh, a key to this, and this is not my insight, this is a commonplace teaching in the spiritual tradition, um, if you really want to pray the Mass, you have to prepare for the Mass. We talked in a previous episode about for the sacraments to do their thing mm-hmm. in our lives, we have to be well disposed. We have to approach them with faith. And that's true for the sacrament of sacraments, the Mass, where if I really want to be transformed by the Mass, if I want to pray the Mass, I need to be well disposed. And that happens through my prayerful preparation for the Mass. So when you go to Mass, Sunday Mass, Daily Mass, whatever, um, how do you prepare yourself for so when you so I, ideally I think for most of us we try to get to mass a few minutes early for this preparation. Um, so if 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 you don't mind uh, sharing to the degree you want to share, how do you prepare for mass? What do you do when you after you've come into the church and you've you've sat down you you kneel or whatever you do? How do you prepare for mass? I 
I prepare for Mass before I go to the church, to okay. be honest with you. I try to read the readings mm. and spend a little bit of time with them, at least read through them at least one time before I go to Mass and hear it so that I'm familiar with what's coming. Why do you find that helpful? Because, and maybe it's because I'm a control freak, but I can see the bigger picture instead of just getting it in pieces I've already seen, the okay. first reading, the second reading, and, sure. and all of that. And usually with with the resources that I use, there's some kind of commentary or, or something that goes along with it that kind of helps me enter into... Um, into an attitude of discernment. Um, when I get there, um, just asking to, just spending a few minutes in prayer to ask the Holy Spirit to come upon me and to open my eyes and my ears to what is going to be offered, to realize that um, it's God speaking through mm-hmm. them, not just the people on 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 the altar. Um, Do you, is that a... Do you have have you developed um, your own formula that way? If you or a, a prayer is it is it is a is it a prayer that your own prayer that's the same every time? Do you mind sharing that with us? Uh, just heavenly Father, I come to you with an open heart. Um, open my eyes and my ears to what is going to be offered today. Help me to use it for your will, and give me the grace to know what that is. I do something very similar. So when I kneel down, um, actually, (laughs) the first thing that I try to do, but I too often don't, is I try to look at the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. Because he's there. The one whose self-gift to the Father I'm about to participate in in the Mass is there in the tabernacle. And the first thing I I want to do, but I usually don't, is sort of just (sighs) take that pause to create some space, if you will, um, to settle myself down um, and look at him who's in that gold See, box. and I look at the crucifix. To me, that's yeah. that's where I I do the same visually. thing, but visually for me, yeah, this is why we're here. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I tried to use. But then, in terms of my words, it's 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 something um, roughly similar to yours. It's this. It's usually for me because I'm looking at the tabernacle. My prayer tends to be addressed to Jesus, but I ask Him to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit down upon me and upon us, that I might actually truly pray this Mass attentively, reverently, devoutly, not just say the words, but pray it. And then I that I'm offering it up for. Um, various intentions first and foremost the intentions of your most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of mary your mother and mine our lady of guadalupe and then for my wife and my kids and i name them and then for any other intentions that that come to i think that's a really beautiful practice to offer it for something that when you're when you're going before there when you're i mean you're kneeling at the foot of the cross there's a sacrifice being made exactly here here are my offerings this is Jesus, this is what I'm bringing to right. add to right. your offering. Right. That's beautiful. So um, do you typically kneel when you're doing that? Yes. Why? Um, because it's important to me to in, in my frame of mind to, to show respect and to um, remember who it is, whom it is that I am kneeling before. Um, who deserves my reverence and my 
love and my respect and yeah kneeling is a posture of reverence mm-hmm. um even of adoration and so we are about to enter into the holy sacrifice of the mass the the, the meal of the new covenant the moment of the exactly yeah and so I, th- that we uh humble ourselves i think by kneeling in, in so far as we're able you know i mean obviously some people um whether it's age but or physical, whatever. When but, you change your posture, yeah. you're separating yourself from, from real life. I mean, you're separating yourself from the business of life and you're, you are, um, our faith is so wrapped up in all of the senses that it's, it's about, it's about changing your posture and it's entering in. Yep. Yep. So I, I think, um, that's why, cause I did the same thing. I, I tend to kneel for at least a little bit. Uh, but then I'll, the other thing I try to do in terms of, again, the idea is how do I make the mass my own personal prayer? So these initial prayers of asking for the power of the Spirit to truly, that I might truly pray this mass, um, offering it for some particular intention. But then I just try to quiet my mind, which is probably the hardest part mm-hmm. of my entire preparation process because I don't do it well. But the whole distractions thing, I, I find that if I can take literally a minute or two to try to just, whether you're looking at the crucifix or the tabernacle, um, or cl- some people might be eyes closed, but somehow just to quiet my mind, um, to free myself from internal distractions mm-hmm. to the degree which I, to which I can. The other thing that I'll try to do is to sing the Gloria to, th- to the crucifix, mm. to sing it to him, um, instead of just mouthing the words, but yeah. actually proclaiming to him. So it's during the mass. During the yeah. during the mass and it's just a, an opportunity for me to refocus. And and I think everybody gets distracted so you need those moments in time where you can refocus. Another time of refocus for me is during the presentation of the gifts and I know that's a crazy time. Um, but I'm silently saying prayers. These are my offerings. I'm I'm sending my family. Um, you know, the things that are on my heart, the things that I'm worried about, I'm offering mm. as part of when the when the gifts are being presented during that part of mass. I think the other thing too, we talk about what the mass really is. Um, this is our participation in the heavenly liturgy. Mm-hmm. We're all the angels and the saints. This is, this is when that veil that separates heaven and earth is, is, is mystically sacramentally, but really moved away. Um, and we are able to, to participate in the, the worship of the angels and the saints before the heavenly throne. So we're surrounded by an entire cloud of witnesses to the, use the, the phrase from the letter to the Hebrews. One thing that I know, I don't do this often, right? I do it pretty rarely, but maybe as I'm thinking about, it, I should probably try to get more into that, have the practice. Uh, some people will ask their guardian angel in a particular way to help them pray the mass. I, I ask actually when I was just talking about my gifts being presented, I asked my guardian angel to take them mm. before and um, to present them and, and I apologize to him for the sad state that they're in. <laughs> so whatever it is, maybe it's through praying to the guardian angel, uh, maybe you have a devotion to a particular saint, uh, they're married the mother of God in particular maybe, whatever it is, just to really be attent- or intentional, uh, purposeful about preparing yourself for the mass so that you can make the mass 
part of your personal prayer, just as whatever it is that you did in the morning or at night. Does that make sense, Renee? Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here today. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition, with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.